0: Welcome to the Gregory Dickow podcast. Welcome, everybody, to think like a champion. This is our weekly podcast where we discuss the mindsets that we need to win in every way and enjoy every day. I'm your host, Gregory Dickow. It is Holy Week, so I really want to get into something that is going to really bless you. I believe it's really going to impact your life as we look at the greatest champion of all, Jesus. But There are many things that distinguish a champion, but the most important aspect is their mindset. And once a champion gets the right mindset. We're unstoppable. And as you begin to think like a champion, I'm going to help coach you. The word of God is going to be our playbook. I believe you're going to be unstoppable in living the best days of your life now. If you're not subscribed, make sure to subscribe to the podcast. Search Gregory Dickow wherever you listen and hit subscribe so you can catch every single episode as it is released. You can also subscribe to the Gregory Dickow YouTube channel if you want to watch these on video. And as always, I want to invite you to partner with me in helping us move this mission forward. Really, if if you're grateful for what God has done in your life, then I believe that our worship and our gratitude includes a life of generosity. And your gift of any amount makes a huge impact in how many people we are able to reach and help them think like a champion as well. I'm going to do everything I can to bring you value through God's word through the wisdom of the many years I've been on this earth many, many years now. And if you feel this adds value to you in any way, consider partnering with me to help more people experience this life of freedom, this life of joy, this life of victory. You can partner with me at LifeChangersChurch.com slash give LifeChangersChurch.com slash give. Thank you so much in advance. And let's dive into today's content. Now, in today's episode, I want to talk to you about how to think like the greatest champion of all. Jesus triumphant entry into Jerusalem started this past Sunday as we celebrated Palm Sunday and it leads up to Resurrection Sunday, which is Easter, the com- this coming Sunday. But his entry into Jerusalem, though it was triumphant and though we sing Hosanna. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. His entry was met with peril and trouble that was unimaginable. No matter what unimaginable things you're facing right now, I want you to know there's good news. Sunday's coming. Resurrection is coming. Just as Jesus met unimaginable trouble in his life after Palm Sunday, you may be meeting some unimaginable trouble in your life today. And I want to give you the hope and I want to help equip you to hold on because Sunday's coming. Now, a champion mindset is found in the greatest champion of all, Jesus. Please understand this. The days and hours between Jesus entry into Jerusalem and between Sunday, Easter Sunday, as in the on the Sunday of Palm Sunday, he rides in on this colt. But I want you to see how he handled the problems that came. And particularly, it says, as he was riding into the city, Jesus fulfilled a prophecy that would have been impossible to make happen on his own. Only God could have made this happen. And I want to read it to you from Zechariah nine, verse nine, where it says, Rejoice greatly, O daughter of Zion. Shout, daughter of Jerusalem. See, your king comes to you, righteous and having salvation, gentle and riding on a donkey on a colt, the foal of a donkey. Now, I want you to see that this was written hundreds of years. This prophecy was written hundreds of years before it happened. It said that the Savior was going to come on a donkey. And then hundreds of years later, Jesus came triumphantly that Palm Sunday into Jerusalem on a donkey. So the first thing I want you to get from this and what you can apply to your life is believe in God's timing believe in God's timing champions believe in good timing. In this case, in God's timing, we're in such a hurry sometimes. But I want you to know that good things take time. Give God time. Give yourself time. Give God time to bring his prophecy for your life to pass. Give yourself time to see the prophecies over your life, the dreams that you have for your life the destiny that you have for your life, the beliefs you have about what your life can be. Give yourself time. Give God time. In fact, let's invite God right now to help us. Experience his timing for your dreams. Heavenly Father, I'm asking you right now to work. We already know you're working behind the scenes, but I'm asking you to Give us the revelation. Give us the patience. Give us the awakening in us, the patience, awaken in us the faith expectation that your timing is going to make all things beautiful. Your timing is going to bring our dreams and the prophecies that you have over our life. You're going to bring them to pass in Jesus name now. So the first thing I want you to get out of this is that Jesus took his time. Take your time. Don't be in such a hurry. We are constantly trying to rush. Our harvests, harvests by nature, take time. Good. Full fruit takes time. What's written about Jesus, hundreds of years have passed before He rides on that donkey. Couldn't he have come 10 years earlier? Couldn't he have come 100 years earlier? Couldn't he have come 500 years earlier? Yeah, he could have. But he came just at the right time because God knows about timing better than us. So be patient and believe in God's timing. The next thing I want you to see and how Jesus thought like a champion in his worst, toughest week ever. It's the week that he goes through the Garden of Gethsemane. It's the week he is crucified. It's the week that he dies. I want you to see that what prepares him for the worst day of his life is actually why he had the best day of his life. And you're going to have the best days of your life. And I want to read to you something from Matthew, Chapter 21, because the crowds The crowds welcomed Jesus by waving palm branches in the air and they shouted Hosanna to the son of David. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna. In the highest. So on Palm Sunday, Jesus and his disciples spent the night in Bethany. After these after the scripture was fulfilled about coming into the city of Jerusalem, They spent the night in Bethany, about two miles east of Jerusalem. And this is where Lazarus lived, who Jesus had raised from the dead, remember, and his two sisters, Mary and Martha. They were close friends of Jesus, and most likely they were the ones hosting him and his disciples during their final days in Jerusalem. So the next thing I want to give you as a takeaway from this holy week is in your darkest hours. In your darkest hours, surround yourself with the right people. In your darkest hours, surround yourself with the right people. You see, Jesus stays with Mary, Martha and Lazarus. He trusted them. He loved them. They weren't perfect. They had all sorts of problems in their lives. They had all sorts of uh, trouble in their life, just like you or me. But yet Jesus trusted. Mary and Martha and Lazarus, which were they were all brother and sister. Right. He trusted them. He loved them. And I want you to see that in your darkest hours, you have to surround yourself with people that you trust. You have to surround yourself with people that you love. You have to surround yourself with people that that you know, love you. You know, I've spent a lot of time over the years with people, with all kinds of different people. And when I have to spend time with people, that I don't think love me or I don't think have my best interest in mind. It doesn't give me a good feeling. It doesn't give me a good mental frame of mind. But contrast that to when I've spent time with people that I know love me, that I know that have my back no matter what. There's peace no matter what I'm going through. There's calm no matter how bad a situation I might be in surrounding yourself with the right people matters. So I want to really encourage you that in your darkest hours, in your time between Palm Sunday and Easter Sunday in your time between victory to victory, you know, one Sunday represents one kind of victory and the following Sunday represents the greatest victory of all. But all in between that week was pain, was trouble. And there are all sorts of troubles in our lives between victories, between wins. If we looked at it like Sunday to Sunday, like a football team (laughs) from Sunday to Sunday, there's a lot of trouble in between from one week of football to the following week. There's a lot of injuries. There's a lot of team dynamic that maybe isn't right. There's a lot of reporters in your face with microphones. And I'm not trying to compare our everyday life with a game because it's not a game. But yet we can think of Sunday to Sunday, from Palm Sunday to Easter Sunday. From victory that Jesus had entering into Jerusalem to the victory of resurrection, there's a lot of trouble in between and you might be going through that right now. So on the very next day, I want to get to our next Takeaway here, because on the very next day. After this Sunday night. Jesus arrives at the temple and when he gets to the temple, this is where people were supposed to be worshiping, right in the temple. And Jesus gets in the temple and he finds the courts full, the temple courts full of corrupt money changers. And what does he do? He begins to overturn their tables and he begins to clear the temple, saying. The scripture says my temple will be a house of prayer. It's in Luke, Chapter 19, he says, verse forty six, my temple shall be a house of prayer, but you have turned it into a den of thieves. My temple. My house should be a house of prayer, but you've turned it into a den of thieves. So the next thing I want you to see is I want you to realize that no matter what hell you might be going through right now, no matter what pain you might be facing, stay focused on your purpose and God's purpose for you. You see, Jesus understood his house was meant to be a house of prayer and a house of healing. Jesus understood. I want you to see that Jesus understood his house was a house of prayer, his house was a house of healing. In fact, after he overturned the tables of thieves in Matthew, Chapter 21, verse 13 and 14. Watch what happens here. Matthew 21, verse 14 and 15. Jesus declared to them, it is written, my house will be called a house of prayer, but you have made it a den of thieves and watch this in verse 14, he says, then the blind and the lame came to him at the temple and he healed them the blind and the lame came to him in the temple and he healed them you see in other words when the money changers when the pharisees when the religious people had turned god's house from a house of healing to a house of making money and a house of selling offerings and selling animals to give offerings to God when the when the when they had overturned the, the house and Jesus then overturned the tables after Jesus restored the house. What happened there? It says the blind came and the lame came and they were healed. So the purpose for the house was healing. The house of God is a place of healing. It's a place of salvation. It's a place of blessing. It's a place of of peace and freedom. But I really want you to get this, that Jesus walks into the temple and he sees they're using the temple for the wrong thing and he overturns, turns everything upside down or right side up and restores. The purpose for which that temple had been created, I want you to start overturning some things in your life today. Start overturning some things that don't have to do with your purpose. What's going on in your life that doesn't have to do with your success? What's what's happening? What are you filling your house with that is not helping you heal? What are you filling your house with that is not helping other people heal? What are you filling your schedule with that is not bringing healing to you or healing to somebody else? Let's overturn that and restore our lives to become houses of healing and houses of blessing and houses of purpose. Amen. Wow. So this leads us to the next thing, because it's in the same passage of passage of Scripture, the next thing I want you to see here in this verse is that there is a time in all of our lives as champions, if we want to win in life, no matter how bad life can be, sometimes no matter how difficult life can be, sometimes There there is a time for aggressive action and we need to know when that time is and we need to be cool even when we have to be aggressive, whether it's with healing in our body. Sometimes we need to get aggressive with getting our body well. We need to get aggressive with getting our mind right. We need to get aggressive with fixing a relationship. Notice Jesus overturned the tables. He set free the doves and opened all the cages where the animals were kept in the cages in the temple. But even in his aggressive action of overturning the tables, he never hurt anyone in his rage against religion, in his rage against the Pharisees, the self-righteous, in his rage against people that had turned the temple into something other than what it was meant to be. Jesus didn't hurt anybody in the process. And I want you to see that. This is a aggressive action to overturn tables and turning things upside down in the temple. And Sometimes we've got to apply that passionate, aggressive action towards getting rid of something in our life that isn't that isn't good for us or or being aggressive at at attacking an area of our lives that we've been lazy about or we've been we've we've let it get the best of us attack that anger that you're dealing with. attack that that problem with your health attack that thing. Hit it from hit it from every angle. Hit it with the angle of prayer, the angle of speaking God's word, the angle of medical help, the angle of of exercise, the angle of eating the right foods like attack it from every direction. We have to be aggressive. We have to take action. And when we do, It needs to be the right action and it needs to be measured action so that we don't hurt people along the way. Jesus did that. And that's a great lesson for us as we begin to think like the greatest champion of all. I want you to also see that Jesus established that the real enemy that he was dealing with was self-righteous religion. And in Matthew, Chapter 23, he says to the Pharisees, Uh, in verse 24, he says, you blind guides for you are like whitewashed tombs, beautiful on the outside, but filled on the inside with dead people's bones and all sorts of impurity. He went on to say outwardly, you look like righteous people, but inwardly your hearts are filled with hypocrisy and lawlessness. You snakes, you sons of vipers. How will you escape the judgment of hell? Wow, we got to pause here and say. Why would Jesus talk that way about anybody? He doesn't talk that way about anybody like you or me. He talks that way only to the self-righteous hypocrites that were saying one thing they were saying, you have to carry this burden and you have to live by this law and you have to obey this and you have to obey us. And yet they themselves weren't living that way. They were condemning others for the compromise they were tolerating in their own life. And I'm not saying at all that that anybody really nobody can be perfect. And he wasn't expecting that from anybody, including the Pharisees. But they were self-righteous. Their righteousness wasn't they weren't standing on what Jesus did for them. They were trying to prove how holy they were and how great they were and how better they were than anybody else. I pray that in our march towards victory to victory and in our struggle with whatever issues come against us, I pray that we will never look down on anybody, else like these religious leaders did. I pray that we would not be self-righteous. I pray that if you want to experience victory, you have to realize who the real enemy is. It's the self-righteousness that tries to make you think you're better than somebody else or tear somebody else down so that you can feel better about yourself. It's the hypocrisy of of condemning other people when we know that we ourselves are have sinned, too, and we have sinned also. And, um, you know, it's funny. We were talking about the other day that we ought to one day have a a Sunday where we just hand out rocks, we carry a bag of rocks and we just hand out rocks to everybody as they're coming into church. And we should tell and then tell them now, whoever is without sin while I'm preaching, you throw the first rock. And you see, when we think like that and realize that we've all sinned and we've all fallen short, that we will never have that self-righteousness controlling us because we know that we need the grace of God and we know that we need Jesus not religion in our lives. That's a powerful truth, and I hope that that helps and makes sense to you. Now, I want to move on to the next day, which was Tuesday. Right before. Today, the yesterday of 2000 years ago, on Tuesday, the Bible shows us that it was the day Judas made a deal with the devil to betray Jesus. It says in Matthew chapter twenty six, verse fourteen, It says then one of the twelve named Judas Iscariot went to the chief priests and verse 15 says, and he said, what are you willing to give me if I deliver Jesus to you and betray him? And they counted 30 pieces of silver. And so from that point, verse 16 says he looked for the opportunity to betray Jesus. And so here I've given you four things that are real powerful tools you can use whenever you're dealing with a negative moment, a dark moment in your life. And this fifth thing that made Jesus such a champion is the fifth thing I want you to see from this is people may betray you. People may disappoint you. People may even intend harm against you. But that's where we need to believe Isaiah, fifty four, seventeen, where God says no weapon formed against you shall prosper. You see, these weapons will be formed against you and people will come against you. Judas did betray Jesus. You will be betrayed at times. There will be weapons formed against you, but they will not prosper. This is the beauty in this, that Jesus knew Judas was going to betray him. Jesus even still invited him to the Last Supper. Jesus still made him one of his disciples, but he knew that Judas would betray him. You're going to lose some people. You're going to have some people turn on you. You're going to have some people that aren't there for you in the time you need them most. And I want you to know there are there may even be people that plot negative things against you. But though weapons are formed against you. They will not prosper because you're the righteousness of God. Boy, if you will face your dark moments, knowing that life will betray you. People will betray you. You might even betray yourself, but God will never betray you and God will never leave you and God will never forsake you. And the weapons formed against you will not reach their intended destination because no weapon formed against you will prosper because you think like a champion and you know that God is on your side. And therefore, no evil can come near your dwelling place and no plague can come near your tent. Boy, I hope that this really encouraged you today. I want to encourage you to go back and listen to the five things and the five ways of thinking that Jesus employed in his life because he thought like a champion, because he was the greatest champion of all. That leads us to Wednesday. Today, we talked about the Holy Week of Sunday, Monday and Tuesday. And it leads us to today, which is when many of you are watching this podcast or listening to this podcast. Jesus spent that day, most likely in Bethany with his disciples and with Mary, Martha and Lazarus. Most likely they were getting ready for the Last Supper, where Jesus was going to introduce to his disciples the love he had for them by indicating that he would give his body and his blood for their salvation. And so we're going to pause here and continue right here on Friday at our Good Friday service. I can't wait to worship Jesus with you in person right here at Life Changers Church or online all around the world. And now let me pray for you, Father. I thank you that. Every person here can think like you, your thoughts are higher than our thoughts, your champion thinking is higher than our thinking, but you said we can renew our minds to think like you, we can renew our minds and we can experience the beliefs of victory that you walked in, the beliefs that you were more than a conqueror. And just as you are, we are as well because of what you did for us. In Jesus name, amen. Well, thanks for joining me on Think Like a Champion. Remember to subscribe to the podcast and share this with someone if you got something out of it. Invite others to be a part of this journey with us. I want to invite you and I want to ask you to invite someone to church this Easter Church, church. is the power of God, the body of Christ is the greatest force for good in this universe and everybody needs a church family. If you need a place to worship, come worship with me at Life Changers and I'll see you next week on Think Like a Champion. I can't wait till then.